0: Okay. uh Good evening, everybody. If everyone's uh, doing well at eight thirty, so we'll uh, we'll get started. Um, first of all, I just want to uh, mention, of course, that tonight is Daled Er, which uh, means it's Yom Hazikaron has begun already here in America, already beginning there in Israel. Um, certainly, a really important day for all of Am Yisrael, recognizing those uh, over twenty three thousand people. Jews who gave their lives in defense of the state of Israel, to build the state of Israel, and really uh, on behalf of all of Am Yisrael. So our learning tonight should be a zechus for those individuals. Uh, certainly an important message, a message of midos, a message of working in oneself. Uh, certainly is that the appropriate conversation when talking about people who uh, made decisions and uh, and challenged themselves in ways we can only dream of. Um, and uh, so our learning tonight should be a zechus for their neshamos. Um, we find ourselves in the Emea as we count towards uh, count towards receiving the Torah again at Harsinai. And um, we know that this time is dedicated for preparation for an encounter with the Kaddish Baruch but really for our own personal encounter with Torah. And R. K. Kodavira writes that, uh, you know, he asks why is it that the Torah doesn't command Midos doesn't command character traits. Doesn't command, uh, "Thou shalt be a mensch." And he writes that because the Torah depends on midos. You can't start the concept of living a life of Torah mitzvot if you're not a person with certain character traits already. Um, they are they are required in order to be able to be successful in in the uh, in the process of acquiring Torah for ourselves. So. uh, and the truth is that Midos, I think a lot of times we talk about Midos as how we treat other people. That's definitely true. But a Mida really is a characteristic, a, a character trait which, you know, impacts not just the way we relate to other human beings. It also relates to how we treat ourselves and how we are willing to improve ourselves, even in our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch So really, Midos is not simply how we um, treat other people. It's that too. But it's, it's how we refine ourselves in our character in general, which certainly has an impact on both our Ben the Havera and our Ben the Malcolm. And uh, my goal in these conversations is to spend some time talking about some specific midos, but also about the process of working ourselves in general, the process of uh, of of this concept of tikon right? ha working in ourselves, fixing elements in ourselves that could use a little work. And if we want to talk about this concept, as I was thinking about it, I said there's no greater teacher in this uh, realm than Reshlamu Volbi. Volbi um, is not, I wouldn't say is as famous in the general world, he's relatively famous in the yeshiva world, and I don't just mean the yeshivas, uh, Haredi yeshivas, or more yeshivashi yeshivas, Volbi is learned in yeshiva hezder. he's learned in yeshivas around the world. Um, And that's good. Revolvi was born in 1914, passed away in 2005. He was born to a secular family in Berlin. He grew up not religious uh, and went to the University of Berlin and became a baltshuva there. Uh, And then afterwards, he attended the Hildesheimer Rabbinical Seminary, ended up learning in the Mir Yeshiva in in Poland, uh, where he was a student of the Mashkiach there, Rav Yeruchim Lovovitz. Rav Yeruchim was a very, very well-regarded mashkiach there in in Mir. And many of Revolvi's writings, he quotes his Rebbe, Rav Yerucham. And eventually, he's actually saved from the war. He stays with a friend of his in Sweden during the war, so he's saved, eventually comes to Eretz Yisrael. And eventually, he he pairs up with... um, um, with another individual of Moshe Shmuel Shapiro Brisk, and they become he the, R- 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 Shapiro becomes the Rosh Hashiva, a Yeshiva called Ber Yaakov, and Revolvi becomes the Mashgiach, and he spent years Revolvi, in Yushalayim teaching Musar, Tikkun Hamidos, how people could work on themselves, and in just an extraordinary way. I had one an opportunity eventually at one point in my life when I was in my second year in Israel to meet Revolvi in his apartment. Uh, we went together with the, with our entire uh, second-year guys in yeshiva. It was an incredible experience with Revolbi. Revolbi and many people have said this about him, you'd speak to him and ask him a question, and he would pause for an incredibly long time before answering your questions, because Revolbi was incredibly careful with the words that he chose to use, what he chose to say, um, and, and penetrating insights. Um and so what I thought we'd do each of these sessions is learn one piece in Revolve, Sefer Alei Shur. Alei Shur is two volumes. Again, uh, learned a lot extensively in yeshivas and seminaries. Um, and so I thought tonight we'll start with a piece, uh, may, maybe my famous, piece, favorite piece in Revolve is uh, Sefer Alei Shur called, Yeme Ava, Yemei Sinevei Days of Love, Days of Hate, and Despair. I'm going to put in the chat, you don't need it. At all for our conversation, I'm gonna put in the chat um, the uh, if I can find it the um, actual piece that revolve this actual piece. It's just one page, um, so I'm, I'm loading into the chat so everyone can have it in case you want to follow along. There, I'm not really gonna read from it all that much, but it's there now if you uh, if you want it. But what Revolve does in this piece? is um, he always writes in a way, that? what I always love about Revolve, is he always writes in a way that you feel like he's talking to you. He's talking about struggles and challenges like a regular person. And it's always very, uh, I've always found that very meaningful. And uh, maybe feeling that sometimes we're embarrassed to talk about, um, the idea that someone could talk about a Vodos Hashem as something that you love and then something that you hate or something that you would despair from. Um, and just want to run away from, you know. I think it's something that I know that I th- have felt at times, and uh, to hear Ravobi write about it that way is always very uh, meaningful for me. But, but let's start from what he says at the beginning. And he basically says as follows: He says, when it when it rains, it pours. And I t- just got to quote you a few lines. The beginning, very, very beginning, he says, any person, he says, who spends their time trying to get moving, in there, Vodas Hashem? He's speaking specifically about someone in yeshiva or in seminary, but really could be any person who's trying to get working on any project in spirituality. You're going to find times in your life when you feel like you're going up, you're growing. It's going great. And times when you are just, it's just not going, and we're falling, and we're losing it, and we're not feeling good. And when you feel good, he says it feels amazing. You daven well. You learn well. You're relating to people. You have Hevra, It feels good. You feel connected. You just feel positive, right? Shabbos is nice, and everything's going well. And when things are negative, he says it. it when it rains, it pours. Everything it just feels wrong. I, I can't. I, I don't feel like learning anything. My davening is stale. I just I'm not connected. I just I don't know. I feel far away. And the question becomes, what do you, what do you do when we're feeling that kind of the back and forth in Vodas Hashem? Sometimes it feels good, and sometimes it just feels awful. And just I'm not interested. And what do I do? And he starts by quoting a piece in Rabbi Yonah. Rabbi Yonah was a 13th century Rishon lived in Spain and, and Rabini Yonah writes Rabini Yonah one of the Rishonim he says, he says when you begin any project he says anything that you're going to work on he says you have to feel like you're getting some benefit somehow from it and he says it's going to feel good to be successful because it's something that you want then what's going to happen so I'll give you an example of just that you know can you have a thousand examples so someone starts dafyomi. Right, a number of months ago, a lot of people started learning Daf Some people started learning nachiomi. Some people, right, we started to, 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 to pick up something and learning. Every single day to feel good about it. In the first few days, it feels geschmack, it feels great. Wow, it's so great. I'm, I'm doing something I never did before. I know I'm, you know, I have one Daf, and two, and three, and five, and ten. And then it's like Daf 37, and it doesn't feel as great anymore. And it's hard, and you, you hit something difficult, it comes up. And now I, I fell a couple of days behind, and now I'm, fell, I'm six days behind and seven days behind, and you're like, forget it already. I just, who, who cares? I can't. And you just feel like giving up. And Rabbi Yona writes that it's in those moments, he says, every person, he says, they feel at the beginning it's exciting, and then all of a sudden, after a while it gets less exciting. It just, it's just normal. And you're going to fall down, and it's going to be bad. And then it's going to pick up again. And he said, it's the normal way of any project, anything a person's working on, to sometimes feel great. Yeah, you may ahava, he says, days when you love it, sinna. and some days when you just don't feel in fact, that you just can't stand it. And he writes that the goal, first of all, says Rebbein Yona, is to know that this is normal. That this is how it works. This is just how things go. And hopefully, what's going to happen if it's something that's meaningful to you, something that's valuable and that you, it's, and that something that's working for you, you're going to have more you may have than you may You more days of love than days of hate, more days when you feel good about what you're doing than days that you really can't stand it. If you have more days when you can't stand it, maybe you're, maybe we're picking up the wrong project, right? But if in general, it's generally good, you're still going to have those days that are just so hard. And he says, our job, Rabinion says, during the times that are really hard, Is really just to hold on. Get through it a few days in a row. Yeah, I don't really feel like that happening today. It's just I'm not connected, but I'm just gonna keep going. Why? Because if I keep going, then I'll hold out for when the May Ava come back. I'll be there, I'll be ready when it gets good again. And he says and Rabbi Yonah ends this piece by saying as follows, When a person sees that those difficult days are coming and it's becoming hard, Don't give it all up. So you know what? Forget it. I'll take a break for a while. I'm not going to do it at all. You know what? It's not working for me, this whole davening thing. So, you know, a couple of days I won't daven, then I'll come back when I'm ready. He says, don't do that. If you you give it up for a few days, what's going to happen? You're not going to come back. Rather, what should you do? Ease up a little. Make it a little easier. So you can get through those days. And then, don't worry, pretty soon, the Yeme will come back. And Revolvi writes, maybe the most important part, he says, to know, is to know that it's normal. And he says, the fact that when a person begins... Begins a process of working on themselves. Begins a process of working on a particular Mida, working on something in, in, in uh, a little more halacha in one area, a little, a little more careful in this or that or the other thing. That when I go ahead and I know from the beginning that those difficult days will come, I'm already prepared for it. So then when they show up, I'm not gonna totally lose it. Right? I'm not gonna say forget. It, I'll give it up. I, oh, I knew that was coming. And because I knew it was coming, so then when it happens, I won't be as upset. I have, this happens all the time in yeshiva. I have guys who come say, you know, I just came back from Israel and now it's been six months and now I can't do I say, did you, did you learn this section? Yemei Ava, Sinah. And they say, no. I say, go read it. And sometimes for people just knowing that it's just part of the normal course of growth, that things go great and then we fall down a little and then we get back up and we keep going, that itself can give us a little bit of chizik on our way through. Revolvi writes also, in this piece, he says that there's another piece to it also, and that is that even when, you know, so it's nice to hold out and just say, no, I'll just, I'll just push through even though it's hard. He said there's another way to do to, to help also, and that is every person, he says, when they involve themselves, when they are machadesh a little, they make something a little bit new. Right? What is it at the beginning that makes the process so exciting? It's that it's new and exciting. right? It's a, it's a new project. So if you find yourself losing steam, what do you do? So you add something new to it. You add something about it that makes it a little bit different. Maybe I'll focus a little more on a certain, a certain part of the davening. I'm going to spend a few minutes paying attention to that to one brach a, a day in Shmona Esrei so I actually know what I'm talking about. Oh, so that might make tefillah feel a little bit better and a little more enjoyable because I, I've added some type of chiddush to it. But in the end of the day, he writes, even without chiddush, just knowing, acknowledging the fact that there will be a Ava and there will be a me'sinah. There are going to be days that are great and there are going to be days that are lousy. And days where I feel like even being misyayish, even like giving up, knowing that that exists, that itself can give us the chizik not to give up and to hold on as we're moving through. And in fact, Ravobi adds one other point he says, he says, one way th- these feelings of Ava and sinah, what are they? They're emotions there they're, when your emotion take over in the process. He says, so what's one way to make sure if you're feeling this back and forth, you feel on the one hand, I know what I'm supposed to do, but it just feels so awful today. He says, so, so back up. He says, and allow the seichel to be machriyah. Allow your intellect to take over for a second. And ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why have I taken on some extra learning? Why have I decided I'm going to focus a little more on my fila? Why am I deciding that I want to be a little less angry with my children? And I'm going to try not to yell as much, right? I, go to vo- I, vote for, I know for me, maybe for a lot of us right now. I'm going to try to be a little more positive with my kids or with my spouse or with whoever it is that I'm working with. Why am I working on this? Because I know that it's valuable for me. And if you talk to yourself a little bit, I do this myself. I, I do it in the car usually. Now there's a lot less time in the car these days. But you talk to yourself out loud. Why do I do this? Why does it matter to me? Why do I care? Right? Why, why am I putting in the effort if, it's, if I just keep falling down anyways? But when you can step back for a second and speak it out and allow the seichel to be machriya, says Ravolbi, to use your intellect for a little bit and step back from the emotions and say, why, do I really, why am I really doing this? That can also really help to keep us on the path even when we feel like we're kind of falling down here. I think there's one other aspect here. Revolve doesn't say this exactly, but I think, it's, I think it's really true. And it was something that really helped me um, after I heard it um, at the CMHS. I mentioned it, I think, in one of the emails I sent at some point. But it's one of the most important concepts that uh, the, maybe it was worth it for me to go to the CMHS just to hear this. I said to my, to my boys, I took my kids, and it was very cold. I knew they wouldn't make it through most of the Seh So I said to them, let's just go from the beginning with Av you with know, Mincha, with 80,000 people, and then we'll sit through the, the, the speeches, and we'll hear Rabbi Friend, and then we're going to leave. And I was waiting for Rabbi Friend to come through for me, and he did. Um, throughout his speech, Rabbi Friend, at, at one point, actually in the middle of his speech, he said one line that, that to me was golden, and it's really golden for any person trying to grow in any area. And he said the simplest phrase, to never allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Never allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. The reason why most of us give up or don't even start working on certain areas of our lives is because we know we can't do it perfect. And if we can't do it perfect, we're going to mess it up anyways. We feel we might as well not start. And that is the worst thing to do. That's the Aids of Hara, right? If, if, if we don't do it perfect, it means we're human. And if we allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good, what that means is I, I, won't, I won't do anything good. So I said to myself, when I started uh, you know, started a certain Avoda, I said, I'm not going to do it perfect, but that's okay. Is it worthwhile? Is it good in the end? Am I doing good if every day I do a little bit better? Of course that's good. If I had to ask the Rabbono Shalom, would it be better if I get a little better, do a little more, do a little more learning? It won't be the deepest level. I won't remember it perfectly. Is it better than not? Of course it is. Never allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. And I think that's also something that we can remind ourselves when we feel like, "Ugh, what good is it anyways? How far am I really getting if I keep messing it up afterwards? I'm going to be better with Lush and Hara and then I have a terrible day. I'm going to be better, Name you name it, and then we have a terrible day. Okay, so you had a terrible day. Now get back up. You had, you had a yom of sin. Maybe you had a week of sin. Get back up and try it again. But then Ravalbi says something, I don't know, more important, but, but equally beautiful. Um, and he quotes from Rav Tzadok. Rav Tzedek, according from Lublin, says as follows. He says, Vigam, it's the beginning of the second section of the page. He says, Vigam, bahaskif hayyetzer kashos. Ein lehs yayesh So sometimes we become embarrassed by the fact that we can't overcome certain urges, certain things that we, that we just feel like we need to do. Right, fill in the blank for yourself, whatever that thing is. I just can't get past this one. Can't find my way to get up in the morning to daven on time. I can't find my way to get to a minute. I can't find my way to stop speaking about other people. I can't find my way to stop whatever, whatever, whatever it is, to make myself a a a time that I learn each and every day for 15 minutes. For some reason, I can't get it done, and it's like embarrassing. Like what's wrong with me? And 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 says like this. He says you have to know that for every for every individual, when there's something that you're fighting. Something that's a challenge for you. So what does that mean? It means that that exact challenge is the challenge that Rosh Baruch Hu was looking for you to overcome. If it's something that's hard, so it means that's the area that I'm supposed to work on. And what often happens sometimes is we do the opposite. What happens? So a davening is really hard for me. So what am I going to do? So I'll, do, I'll double up on my chesed. Chesed, I'm, I'm a chesed guy. So I'll do chesed, right? So davening I can't do. So I'll do chesed double. No. That's a mistake. If davening hard for me, chesed I'm good at, good, so that's amazing. When you need chesed, you go to chesed. But, but if davening hard, that means Davening's the place to start working on. It's a beautiful uh, Vilna Gong who talks about, uh, it's actually in his parish to, to Yonah. As Yonah is running away from Hashem. And he quotes the Gemara Machlokes, Noach and Was it better? The the Gemara talks about is it better for a person to have been created or better for a person not to have been created? Without getting into all the details, the Vilna says he talks about the concept of Gilgal, right? That some people, whatever this means, they Neshama has to come back to the world a second time or a third time to finish its job. So he says, how can a person make sure that they don't? have to be a Gilgul. How do you make sure? Again, what the Gilgul is and how that works, not for now. Not that I even know for a different time, but it's not for now. And Vilna says, if I stay in my comfort zone, if I refuse to go after the things that are really challenging for me, if when I find a challenge, I run from it, like Yonah runs from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you can guarantee yourself you're going to have to come back, maybe, he says, because you haven't, you're haven't you unwilling to fix yourself, to fix the areas that are a little bit harder. He says, run, Yonah's running away is the symbol of our desire to run away from everything that's a little challenging, a little harder for us, the things that we're not always willing to work on. Brew writes that this is the reason why we read Yonah specifically on Yom Kippur, because in Yom Kippur we're a little more open, a little more ready to work, to to, to struggle a little, to force ourselves in the areas that usually it's a little bit a little bit out of my comfort zone, and in fact, Rabbi of Breslov says a similar idea in Tehillim, Parak uh, Lamed Zion, Tehillim, Chapter Thirty Seven. It says, "So for Russia, the tzaddik, a-, a Russia looks at the tzaddik um, and he tries to kill him." And the this, this simple, the simple shot in that in that pasuk is that that a Russia is always trying to not. There's always someone out to get the tzaddik. The tzaddik has to never rest in your laurels, right? We saw this in Pirkei Avos a few days ago. A person should never. You know, should never be uh, you know, so sure of themselves until the last day always, always you know, looking to grow and, and, and to strive for more but Rabbi Nachman says no he says so for Russia, sometimes the Rasha can actually give the Tzadik a sense of what he needs to work on sometimes it's the yitzhar that comes after me in certain areas and I can't believe I can't get over that thing so I'll go do something else no don't, go to, don't do something else it flat, shines a light on you, right? If you play basketball, right, and you and you and you find that the defender is always sending you to your left hand, you want to go right, but they're sending you left. Why? Why letting you go left? Because you're not good at your left. So you have two choices. You can force it always to the right, anyways, or you can say, Oh, why well, they're forcing me left? What does it mean? It means I got to work on my left hand. Right? It's it's a if I if I can step back and recognize what's being told to me by my enemy sometimes, right? The enemy is attacking me in a certain place. It means that that's where I'm vulnerable, and that's what Revolve we'll is saying here. That the, don't number one. When we see the challenge and the challenge scares us and it makes us we feel like we can't accomplish and we have bad days. A, hold on, hold on, and know that if you're working hard at it, the the, the better days are coming. But B, he says that if you if you're working on something and it's challenging you, then great. That means that this is the area to work on. This is the area that you need that hard work in. And that should be a chizik, because it means that I'm 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 making myself shalom, I'm making myself complete and full. I'm, I'm, I'm not just resting on my laurels and staying in my comfort zone, but I'm willing to work and to grow in areas where I'm not always as strong. And I think that this point also reflects not just how to work on Midos and how to work on certain areas of our Avoda, but it also informs what we should choose. Because if it means that I'm, there's are certain areas that challenge me, so A, it means that that's an area where I need to, need to work. It's an area where I can, I can really use some work, and that's good. And that's gonna help me be more well rounded. Right? We want to be a person who's a learning Jew and a davening Jew and a chesed Jew, and it's and, and, right. We want to be all those things. We don't want to be only. We don't want to be, you know, uh, one dimensional. We want to be a multi-tool player, right? But it, but it also sp- speaks to one other piece, um, and that is a piece that R- Rav Dessler actually in his statement, talks about a, a really uh, fascinating concept. You may have heard it before called the nekudas the, habachira. what's called the point of choice in English. You translated translate it that way. But that... If Desser argues that our entire life is... He gives the example of a, of a war. But it could be a football field. It could be whatever you want to use as your example. But that basically our entire life we find ourselves... We don't have real choice to do... And most people... Aren't, aren't, you know, let's say a person who's a, a, a Shomer Shabbos, a Shomer Torah Mitzvahs in general, a person generally religious. So they're not, they're not drawn towards uh, eating non kosher let's say. That's not really a choice for them. But maybe they have a struggle with, you know, uh, I don't know, Lashon Hara. Maybe they have a struggle with davening three times a day. Maybe they have a struggle with every one person in their own place. And Rudessler argues that it's our job to move that, that point of Challenge that area where we where we're fighting ourselves to move it forward a little bit. So that I'm no longer fighting myself on davening three times a day. I'm now fighting myself on kavanah when I daven, or whatever the example is going to be. Right, a person who no longer struggles with turning on lights on Shabbos now they focus on, you know, how am I going to make my Shabbos a meaningful day, etc. The point. Every person in their own place, but but the point is that that Rav gets to is that every person has that spot. That spot where we are in our spiritual growth. And he argues that each and every one of us needs to figure out where that spot is. Where am I? Where have I gotten to? And what's that next step? Not a next step that's so difficult and so far that I can't get there. A next step that's realistic. A next step that's a little bit of a challenge for me. I can do it sometimes, I just can't do it all the time. How do I, and and what is that thing? It's sort of like the low-hanging fruit in in a positive way. The things that are, are there waiting for me. I can, do th- I can do that sometimes. And maybe I can do it a little more than sometimes. And those are the areas that we can harness and then we can grab in our vodas Hashem to help move us forward. Because again, those are the areas where we feel, if we don't feel the challenge at all, so it means we're probably not ready. Right? We, if, you don't, if you don't feel challenged by it, i do not even thinking about this next level. Right? That's not something that's even difficult. For, I'm, it's not difficult to not do because I don't even think about it. right? But there are certain areas that I'm ready for and, I, and I'm prepared to, to, to work on if I really would get myself in that mindset. So, so this, this piece in revolvi, like I said, has always been a very uh, strong source of chizik for me because it, it sort of frames the entire approach to how we work on ourselves. Right? The process of choosing what we work on, finding those areas that are, are challenging, just challenging enough but still realistic, And then once we get into the challenge to know, Merosh, know from the beginning it's not going to go perfect. I got news for you. I picked up Dafyomi and then coronavirus came. And I fell way behind. Way behind. And at some point as things calmed down, I got back on the horse. And I kept going. And I'm still behind, but that's okay. I'm still going along. And and I think to know that those things are going to happen, but they're not going to knock us out. And because we know that there'll be ups and downs, the Yubi That Ava, the Yubi Dime there'll be those harder days, but not to give up when those hard days come, because we know that if we hold out long enough, the me'ava will come back again. We're going to feel that sense of appreciation. If we use the Seichel to be Machria, we use our minds to, to step back and say, do I really care about this? I'm doing this because it matters for me. And I do it. And the best way to hit that is, again, to always remind ourselves to never allow perfect to be the enemy of the good. To never say, I'm not going to get it perfect, so I might as, might as well not try. That's Mamash the Yitzhara. To instead say, look, if I can do a little better today, that's better than what I did yesterday. If I can do a little better the next day, it's better than what I did the day before. Each step is valuable. And when I remind myself of that, then I can really go anywhere. And then again, it's a slow process. It's not a quick process. It's not something that happens. It's not an American uh, ideal, Right. In America, everything's fast. I guess in the whole world, everything is fast. Everything's instant. Everything is in two seconds, in five minutes. This avodas Hashem does not work that way. It never will, and that's why it's so valuable, and that's why it's so amazing, and that's why it's so satisfying when we when we move forward and when we grow. So uh, this is this is this piece. Yemei Ave, Yemei Sinav, Yeyish. This uh, very beautiful idea from Volbi, uh, kind of a a uh, a road map for how to grow in our midos had a grown our a Hashem and in mitosh next week we'll take another piece from Avolbi and continue uh, on our path ok